Welcome back to On the Island, the Cleveland Browns of podcasts. That's what we like to say. But today we have our Baker Mayfield with us. So hopefully it'll get us to the playoffs. Is that how podcasts work? Ty, we've been doing this a long time. I haven't gotten any word about playoffs. I'm hoping someone will call us soon. I don't know what seed we are. March Madness is right around the corner. So uh, as much as this isn't a basketball podcast, I think we've earned at least a two or three seed. <laughs> it feels right that we're the Cleveland Browns and we're trying to get into the NCAA basketball tournament. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> but we are on the island, a podcast about Survivor, where we talk about Survivor and talk to Survivors and talk to Survivors about Survivor. And today we're going to be doing exactly that. But first... I should introduce myself. I'm Taylor Gaines. I'm like the Hugh Jackson of the podcast. I'm just making deep Cleveland Browns cuts. I guess that's not that deep, but with me, as always, my co-host. No pressure, but if he doesn't start laying eggs soon, I'm going to have to cut him. It's Tyler B. Commons. Look, we talked about it a few weeks ago, and uh, I'm just on the same page with Wendy. I couldn't kill a chicken. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe she took it a little too far, oh but God, dude, mad props I, to her for sticking to what she claims she wanted to do in the preseason. I have so much to say about Wendy, but I'm going to bite my tongue for now <laughs> because I need to introduce our other guest for today. the One of the stars of, of season... God damn it. What season is it? Come season, on, man. <laughs> 37. There are too many numbers. Season 37... David versus Goliath. I did not forget that part. <laughs> um, let's see. What should I use for you? I have so many quotes written down. I thought you were looking for my name for a moment. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh, shit. What's his name? Uh... <laughs> He's going to pee his pants right now. It's Davey Rickenbacker. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I was going to go for a big complicated one. I went for a simple one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's going on, guys? Hey, look, I've got to clear the air right now first because Carl's going to listen to this. And Uh-oh. you guys have been giving all of these sports puns. And I know he's over here like, Davey isn't getting any of these. <laughs> I have. I, I'm going to lose half my, half my fans right now. But I know nothing about sports when it comes to basketball, football. I don't follow any of it. So I'm just nodding and laughing at the puns. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have heard of the Cleveland Browns, right? I have heard of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> well, that, there you go. That's all you need. It's not a sports podcast anyway. <laughs> We're going to talk about a different sport, the the. The great game, as they say, Survivor. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and hell of a week it was here on season 38, Edge of Extinction, as we continued to learn nothing about what Extinction Island actually is, but <laughs> hopefully we'll get to that eventually. We did get to learn more about the players involved because we finally got a tribe swap. And I've, I've long said this, but there's something about going to three tribes that just because there are fewer bodies on the beach, you get a little better sense of everybody. But, you know, there still are some dark spots. We'll talk about all of it. And another person gets sent to the uh, the outskirts to survive a little bit longer. So let's start with the tribe swap because, God, I, I want to start with Wendy, but I want to save it. <laughs> let's start with the tribe swap because it happened at the beginning and it was... A pretty, I don't like to use the word unique because I was taught in journalism school not to use the word unique because there's nothing unique is is the (laughs) argument. But in 38 seasons of Survivor, I don't think there's ever been a swap where almost nothing changed. And just to recap, in case you were having trouble keeping up on TV, the new tribes now of the three are Manu, which is Wendy, who was on the original Manu, and four commas. Aubrey, Victoria, Gavin, and other white guy in jeans, Eric, after Chris got voted out last week. Is that right, Ty? One's Eric, one's Chris? Yes, Eric is still alive. Chris is gone. And old comma is new comma now, too, which is Julie, Julia, Ron, Joe, and Aurora. And then Manu, the rest of Manu, who's not Wendy, is now a tribe called Lesu, which sounds, I think David pointed this out on the show, sounds so much like less 
or lesser or something that like it just is only <laughs> fitting as we've somehow seen the same five people in tribal council four weeks in a row. And that tribe is David, Wardog, Kelly, Rick, and Lauren. So just real quick, Ty, what did you think of the way this shook out and the, the new tribes, the new dynamics? Not so new. Yeah, we didn't get to see any new dynamics except for Wendy. And Wendy is Wendy. Wendy's been a high point of this season so far. And you said we're going to talk about her more. But the other tribes is just kind of same old, same old. I don't really know um, if Aubrey and Joe's uh, splitting up was good for their game or bad for their game. I can't really uh, decide. I think Aubrey's pretty happy to be off the comma with everybody that she didn't really feel safe around. Yeah, they had the dance party without her. (laughs) <laughs> still stuck with like three of them yeah we didn't have to see her uh, awkwardly grinding on ron this time oh my god oh, good so lord <laughs> i told ron i said because he lives here in atlanta too i said dude i don't want to see you merely rocking every episode <laughs> <laughs> i'm still having nightmares about that <laughs> come on come on come, come. there's no video on here <laughs> <laughs> so davy the question i have is when you're watching on TV, it's like you have these dynamics and then they flip the tribes up and it feels like all this work you put into creating alliances and setting yourself up can kind of just get thrown out the window on a whim. And like, obviously, you know, something like that's coming. But is it is it frustrating? Do you just do you feel like it's just part of the game? How, how do you plan for a swap like that? Uh well, planning for this particular swap, you didn't really <laughs> didn't have matter. to do much planning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, in general, being in the game, you know that when the numbers dwindle down, that a swap is inevitable. And you kind of got to just, you know, if you're on if you're on a tribe, you know, you 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 try to let them all know that we're going to go whatever our tribe's name strong, you know, <laughs> as long as possible. You know, you kind of just got to get feet into that. Um, I remember our tribe, before our tribe swap, we knew it was happening because we knew B was about to quit. We all went and we searched for idols together. Little did they know I already had the idol. So it was just like an aimless search. And we had a great David Kumbaya, Kumbaya moment. And we were just like, guys, you know, we're, we're going to play to win. If, if we have the majority in a tribe or the minority in a tribe, we're going to throw the, excuse me, the majority in a tribe, we're going to throw challenges to make sure all the Davids stay, blah, 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 blah. Let them hear whatever they want to hear. You know, kind of just be copacetic and hope that the odds are in your favor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess the odds were in, I don't even know whose favor. This is just The, the odds were in no one's favor, really. At all, maybe Wendy, I guess, because she was in a, a better situation, yeah. but she made it the same situation. Very quickly. So quickly. God. See, my question about this was I was I was trying to figure out whether the producers would have liked or disliked the way that this swap played out. And I, I'm curious what you guys think about that. You know, I... I, I tweeted it and I was just joking. Well, a little bit of me was joking. I was like, I wonder they did they just rig this swap so that Wendy stays on the tribe with the chickens. <laughs> <laughs> I had that thought, but yeah, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I thought it was crazy to see the tribes mixed up because there's literally just one tribe split in half and the other one all got to stick together and then war dog pretends he's like great at math i'm not saying he is or isn't but him talking about like exponents and you do 12 times one then 11 times one and multiply and like there's literally less than one percent chance of that happening i believe that number like it seems incredible but he didn't seem to me like he knew what he was talking about (laughs) and then it wound up this way i think is actually a fun thing that we've never got to see because Wendy, before Wendy did Wendy things, I thought she was in there and they would still might send Aubrey home first. And just having to see um, the losing tribe turn on themselves, I thought that was a fun dynamic to watch because it wasn't that easy pick. And that kind of made this episode more heartfelt and kind of what we've been looking for in the first three. We got to see that in the fourth because you did finally have to cut somebody that you care about. Yeah, Yeah, and we'll we'll get to that in a minute, but... Just because we're talking about her right now, I, I really do want to talk about Wendy. I, I don't know. 
that I've ever seen someone torpedo their game so many times, <laughs> like unforced errors repeatedly. And I, I, I should point out because I was tweeting at her from our podcast account on Wednesday night and she did respond to this. I, I said, hey, the people need to know, are you a vegetarian now? And she said, <laughs> I am, three exclamation points. It was hard coming off of a show like Survivor, but I've been going strong for a few months now. Bicep emoji. So, <laughs> on one hand, more power to her for sticking to her guns in this case. She was like, I'm not going to eat the chickens. And apparently, if I if she is being truthful, she's now a vegetarian. So, good for her. But on the other hand, <laughs> guys, like... <sighs> I've been on this soapbox before, but like <laughs> there are a lot of people who want to play Survivor and who have like tried to get out onto the island and get a chance to play. And when people go out and just completely blow up everything for no reason to a point where she even said at one point, she said going to... Or killing one of those chickens would be worse than me having to go to tribal. And I'm just like, <laughs> no. Like No, no, it if, wouldn't. It wouldn't if, if you don't understand, like, you are wasting an opportunity to be on Survivor for no reason. And it not even to think about the fact that like she let the chickens go and they're probably just gonna go die. Because yeah. there's nothing for them to do now. See, that's that's the thing, like even if she would have let the chickens go, production is going to catch them themselves and they'll end up on an island somewhere and the locals are going to eat them. <laughs> it's not like they it's not like their habitat and they'll be able to survive on an island by themselves. They, they just won't. <laughs> and this isn't even to mention the, the fact that like, I mean, you hear about this if you if you follow like history or like politics where the crime is never what you get caught for. It's like the cover-up. And she went and put the flint back in the most inconspicuous <laughs> spot. Like, oh, look, the flint showed up. Right. And it's like, it's like, dude, what are you doing? It just makes me so mad Like, to think that they chose her to go out there and she's just not even trying to win. Yeah, and look, David even checked her. He was like, are you playing to win? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. I'm like, you cannot be playing to win if you got in a you got out of a bad situation and ended up in a better situation just to make it that first bad situation again. It, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we we had people in our season who were squeamish when it came to the chickens being killed, and what they would do is just walk away, or we would take the chickens elsewhere to kill them. So I think she should have probably just opted into doing something like that rather than being. But it's great TV, though. I, I got to admit, I like watching it. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of falling into that category of somebody that I really love but isn't great at the game. I always bring up Ty Trang. I love Ty Trang and watching him play the game. I don't think he was great at Survivor, but I loved his character of like, this 60-year-old man that can climb palm trees and stare down an NBA player and another big <laughs> bounty hunter and be like, oh, no, I'm not going to save you. Like, just to have the cojones to stare at someone and be like, no, I'm not going to save you like our plan was. Uh, Wendy's that character, and Wendy's, like, crushing it. So, like, she's a lot of fun as a viewer to sit and watch, but it does kind of suck when it seems like she's almost intentionally shooting herself in the foot when I'm not getting a chance to go out there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really does have to suck for the people who who wanted this opportunity. It's almost <laughs> like, you know, it's almost like did her parents pay her money to just to come on Survivor? Like the scandal that's going on right now. Way too topical. <laughs> Way too soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't know. Yeah, she's definitely my Philip at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I love watching her, but is she trying to win? <laughs> two things. Two things. Ty is is just great. I, I I just love Ty because there's something about the way that he went about his like demeanor and his life in the that it felt like killing those chickens would just have been a mortal sin. You're like <laughs> getting rid of one of his best friends, and Wendy just felt like she was on a whim making weird decisions. Yeah. But 
the other thing i you just i just thought i read the funniest quote about that college scandal i don't know even know if i could tie this into what we're talking about at all but it was one of the fbi guys and he said this isn't a case of some rich parent donating money so they can get their name on a building and hope that their student will get in the school this is straight up bribery and i was like what is what is the difference between those two things? <laughs> those both sound bad. But uh, what sounded yeah. bad in this episode was the reception Chris got when he got to Extinction Island. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, Ream and Keith were both just like, homie, we don't want you here. Yeah. <laughs> and and he and he was like, Man, I'm in a prison of my own mind now. And it was really yeah. The thing I like about Extinction Island, we talked a little bit about this last week, is I feel like the mystery makes it interesting because we're kind of watching people suffer and we have no idea why they're suffering or what it's leading toward. But we're also bumping up against this, like, how long can we do this for, you know? Uh, Yeah, I, I, um, I, I like the concept of Extinction Island. Uh, Chris went there expecting it to be like Ponderosa and everyone, you know, giving <laughs> open arms and like, oh, we're so sorry you got voted out. But he got the exact opposite. And I got to tell you, I like I love that Reem and Keith, well, more so Reem, <laughs> is not sugarcoating anything. She's like, oh, we didn't want to see you here. <laughs> like, I, I love that she's giving us, you know, herself as she was when she was on the island. Like, and I think that's the whole point of Extinction Island. You want to be on, well, the producers want you to be on there with people who don't like you, you know? <laughs> yeah, I wanted, point, yeah. I was, we, we said this a few weeks ago, but I wanted to go like full Lord of the Flies and just have people like be yeah, yeah. manipulating each other to pull the flag and like, yes. oh, you should quit. You should quit. Yes. And it would just be so awesome. Yes. That's, if War Dog was there, that's what we would be seeing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw you know this mentioned on. <laughs> I saw this mentioned on the internet today too, and I was wondering how you feel about this. Just knowing people from your season, uh, when we get to see Ponderosa as viewers, it's the jury, and people are pretty happy to be there, even though they're out. They're kind of like, "Well, I made the jury. Uh, this was a hell of an adventure," and they kind of go have their whole thing on the little video on YouTube, and. I was wondering, is this what Ponderosa is like if you get voted out pre-merge? Are people more bitter at that stage of the game? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I've heard, yeah, I've heard stories like, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I probably shouldn't quote this, but I think that uh, Jeremy and Natalie weren't getting along. Well, they, they didn't speak to each other at ponderosa so i'm pretty sure it's it's kind of a bit like that <laughs> well i've also heard stories that jeremy just peaced out on ponderosa after like yeah. way before he was supposed to so yeah that's why you can see him at the reunion but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah it's fascinating and I, I hope we'll get more out of it i'm I, i'm definitely enjoying the like solitary confinement aspect of it and part of me as the, the person i am enjoyed watching like the jock being like you know what i just i just (laughs) realized i want to impress people too much and like i failed and i i I just i love seeing the big man get taken down every now and then it's fun to see that but i'm as much as i like watching reem be like super pissed off at everybody why is she still pissed off at everybody (laughs) like she's got a second shot at the game i was sitting here watching this and i was like why are you still bitter like i think she knows it's how it's her way to get on tv now i think that's gotta be part of it they also could angry not mom and she's gotta climb up that mountain and get the rice every day ty you don't understand she has to do that (laughs) once a day i never want to climb 20 steps to get rice let me tell you (laughs) wait i'm still mad about something that i forgot to say i wrote this quote down This was Wendy trying to usher the chickens away. She said, I know it might be kind of cold, but it's better than being fried rice in the morning. I have news. No matter what they did to those chickens, they never would have been fried rice. Oh, no. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) Oh, God, help me. And I think Aubrey said she might prefer to eat Wendy at some point. Uh, if the chickens were gone, so oh, wow. Enough about that tribe, though. I think they're frankly 
and unfortunately, there's not much else to say. Victoria, Gavin, and Eric have yet to have a lot of time or anything interesting happen. And they got out of uh, immunity, so that probably covers it for them. I guess before we get to Lesu, let's let's talk about Kama because there's not a lot there, but I think this is an interesting thing to talk about because Kama is Julie, Julia, Ron, Joe, and Aurora. And there are two sides of this. One is we have had a hell of a lack of confessionals from certain people on this season so far to the extent that Julia actually has zero confessionals in four episodes and the other side of it is in this specific episode she was involved in this scheme where ron took joe to the uh water well or whatever and was distracting him so julia could look through his bag to see if he had an idol quick side question do people keep idols in their bags or do they hide them in the dirt like lauren did uh some people keep them in their bags um so production will uh, influence you to try to hide it, but yeah, I would I would keep mine on me at all times because I was paranoid. <laughs> yeah, because I was wondering even if he had one, if they would have found it in his bag. But regardless, that thing happens. There was a clever bit of editing where they kind of showed him talking to Joe, and then they were like, "Flashback! Here's why he was talking to Joe," and I liked that. Um, but then within that, we got about three or four confessionals from Ron and none from Julia, who was part of this. And yeah. our our friend at uh, realityblurred.com, who we had on in the preseason, Andy Dennert, he talked about in his column today how crazy it is that Julia has continued to be completely ignored. And mm-hmm. his quote from his article was, it's ridiculous that Survivor ignores people like this. And there are several people this season who've had little to no focus, though they've had at least two or more confessionals. And in Julia's case, it also matters because representation matters. And he also talked about what he thought was a damning moment. And this could have been editing, but I I don't know that that excuses it. At the tribe swap where, speaking of Julia, Kama saw that Manu voted out Chris. And they all had this huge reaction. And Julia, like, screamed and, like, grabbed someone next to her. And she was like, oh. And Aubrey was like, holy shit. And then Prost was like, that's the biggest reaction I've ever seen to a vote out. And then he ignored Julia and Aubrey and was like, Ron, what are you reading into this? And Andy's point was like, the show consistently ignores women and minority characters in ways that yes. like just stand out painfully. <laughs> and yeah. I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think of this? Because this is the first real like outside controversy of this season, I would say. Well, I got a lot to say on this matter. Um, we'll sit back. <laughs> <laughs> um well, so you guys know my whole uh, spiel about going out on Survivor was not only to win the million dollars, but I wanted to change perceptions and uh, perspectives about uh, how people uh, view uh, black people. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of uh, people of color go out there to do. I think they have something else that they want to do other than just win the million dollars. You want to be a role model. You want to be uh, someone that your community community can root for. And the fact that she has not even spoken in a confessional yet. I don't know if she's even had more than 10 words outside of confessionals in the game. It just seems outright disrespectful. And uh, I believe Julia tweeted on uh, uh, last episode, she said something along the lines of she wanted to be a role model and it's disheartening that, you know, she's not getting screen time uh, to be one of the two black people in the season. And I was I'm so annoyed at a few of the fans who took that and skimmed it into her saying that Survivor is racist. Because that's not what she said. What she said was it was disheartening and she wants to be a role model to people. I mean, you go on this show and you expect to have people, you know, rooting for you, have your friends and family rooting for you, have your community rooting for you. And the fact that some people don't even know her name is just so, so, so annoying. And the thing about, you know, people 
responding about we don't see race. Why is it always a race card that's brought up into it? Blah, say blah. I don't see it as a race card. Um, but the thing is, if you don't want to see race, if you don't see race, that's usually part of the problem. As black people, we want you to see race. We want you to see that diversity maybe not makes it better, but you know, you'll get a different experience from it. You'll, you'll learn something else from it. That's like us going against the grain so that you do learn something. And so it's just really disheartening that, you know, um, she's getting that response from the fans and she's not getting any kind of screen time from Survivor. And if it was me in that situation, I'd be doing a lot worse on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. well, what are your thoughts? Yeah, we had Wendell on last season and it was interesting timing then, too, because I think yeah. he came on the I'm same really episode. Um, Jeremy and Natalie, yep. Right, it was Jeremy versus Natalie, and he talked about how hard of a time he had watching that because, like you're saying, there's this opportunity to have representation on a show that hasn't offered it in equal numbers, I think is fair to yeah. say. There's usually, like, one or two, not even, like, black people, there's usually, like, one or two, like, minorities on an entire yeah. season. Yeah. And he was talking about how frustrating it was to have to watch jeremy and natalie fight so viciously because that fight was also like pretty disgusting in some of the stuff that jeremy was saying i think that was when he was like i wouldn't even attend your funeral or, or something like that and yeah. to your yeah, point it just, like it was just too far like there were already there's already too many negative Im- images of people of color on 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 television so i just really you know but i talked to Wendell about that but yeah where were you going, where were you going with that <laughs> Well, I was going to say that was Wendell's point was like, yeah, it's hard to watch opportunities like that be treated in that way. And in this case, it's frustrating because, you know, she's not even getting a chance to, to have anything. And it's and it stands out because it, it's like, like you said, <laughs> if if people want to, I, I don't know, like you said, like, oh, we don't see race or whatever, you know, you see it's better to because then you won't be in this situation where you're like looking around at the other editors and you're like, Hey, I just noticed we've made it four episodes and Julia hasn't had a confessional. Cause like, that's just so easily avoidable. And the survivor constantly walks into stuff like this. And, and you know, Jeff is often, he gets into this thing where he like is clearly so macho that like, he just, loves like guy characters and ignores women characters and uh, it's just it's one of those things that I guess we have to grapple with as part of this show that we love because we want it to be this great social experiment and sometimes it's just not and I'm not even going to bring up the fact that the executive producer of this show is potentially part of the reason that our president is Donald Trump but that's like a whole different story I'll I'll leave that alone (laughs) But I don't know, Ty. Ty, what do you think? We we talked about it in the first episode um, after we had done kind of our preseason show, and then <clears throat> we kind of realized that the first three people probably going home were the mom because she's put in a mom box, um, Keith because he was young and black, and Wendy because she has blue hair and she's a little bit different, and she has Tourette's and she has all this kind of big personality and it's hard to see people go out there that love this show and still fall victim to the same thing because we can sit here and have a conversation about this and we like love the show, but I don't know if sadly the general viewership picks up on these things. And I think that's the issue because if you just sit down and talk about it, then it's going to be more at the front of your mind. It's going to make more sense. And maybe that's something that the producers and the editors, like there's disconnect there. Maybe they don't hear us saying, look, we want Julia on there. I picked Julia as my winner pick just after doing a little bit of research on her. Like I like her story. I like that she's going to med school and trying to escape from, you know, a tough situation where I think she said she was the first college graduate. Like she has a story and she has a role but she's got two things going against her in the survivor world a she's black b she's a woman and both of those things like it hurts me because i love this show so much 
but it doesn't ever shake out well to where we get to see or hear from them as people. They're immediately classified as a minority, a woman, well, a mom, this a, is the whatever thing. this is, and they don't have a chance to speak like for themselves. This is the thing I find fascinating about this show in like a dark black mirror kind of way. It's like the <laughs> things that we see play out over and over again are it's it's not it's not like they're not reflective of what we see in real society. And like we we are yeah. like seeing these things happen on Survivor that happen in real life and I guess it's easier for us to just like want Survivor to be better than to want America to be better but I don't know, like, just to try to, like, transition this, uh, the interesting thing to me about what we're talking about relative to the rest of the episode that we haven't covered is we saw the secret scene last week where the, what is now the Lesu tribe, minus David, it was basically Wardog, Kelly, Rick, and Lauren making fun of Wendy for being injured and, like, limping around and being like, oh, look at me, I'm a pirate, and, like, like all this stupid stuff. And I realized pretty early on in this episode why they didn't show that scene to us last week um i guess more power to them for releasing it at all but like um they needed to build this narrative this week of like don't you love these five boy it's sure gonna be sad to have to watch one of them vote each other out but i couldn't i I couldn't get that out of my mind thinking like how mean they i know wendy is like objectively also bad at this but (laughs) um but it was also hard to get that out of my mind of how mean they were being to her when she was not even there. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially as we were being fed this narrative of like, uh, these five, this is the most emotional tribal council we've had in the history of the show, you know? Yeah. The thing is like, there are so many unconscious biases in this game. Like, and, and that's what I try to explain to people. It's, it's never anything about, it's not racist. It's just unconscious biases, you know? People automatically gravitate to the things that they uh, relate to. And I think those uh, unconscious biases are part of the reason that that five, you know, stuck together so strong. And the way I make sense of some of this is when it comes to race and and not really being shown the way that we should be on on these types of shows, these mainstream shows, is because we aren't the target audience, you know? And that's why it was so important for me to get up there at the finale and say when they brought me out that I want more black people to watch this show so that things like this change. If more black people watch, the ratings will go up on that end, uh, the producers will see it, and then they'll want to cast more black people. And I think that's part of the reason Julia wanted to play. And again, it's just... Very disheartening that she, you know, hope maybe it'll make a, a 360. Uh, mind you, no one is 100% satisfied with their edit. Uh, <laughs> e- even winners say, you know, they didn't show this. They should have showed this. They showed this for this person. So no one is ever going to be 100% satisfied with their edit. But, you know, she is she has earned her place on Survivor. She didn't pay to get on Survivor. So, you know, I think I think she should at least be rewarded with some mention here and there. We'll see what happens, but obviously it's not encouraging at this point. And there are other people who have had very little to do, but, mm-hmm. you know, somebody keeps track of it online. Everyone's gotten at least one professional. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about Lesu because the group of, like, bullies and david did have to go to tribal again for the fourth straight week and rick devins had to give i don't even think we've mentioned it to this point in our in our podcast here but he had to give his final report and was (laughs) sent away i i found i found their dynamic really interesting and it's also funny that we've talked a lot about returners being like targeted and how hard it is to judge a lot of these new people because everything they do is in light of the returners and it's hard to like figure out who they are on their own um but still the returners seem so strong in all of their camps because even when they had it down to five people david and kelly were never even really in the running it seemed it was just rick's a threat at the merge and lauren is sick and it's got to be one of them too yeah, that was 
I was I was at a loss for words. Like I am right now. I'm like, oh, I, oh my god. First of all, they were talking about Lauren, and Lauren was the only one that made it up the board, and they were saying she's weak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they're not bringing up Kelly's name at all. They're not bringing up David's name at all. I'm like, uh, but the thing is, I think that. Uh, the edit or the producers have not let on and shown us how close those five actually were. And I think we saw that, you know, at the fi- at the tribal council, we saw that they were more close than the show has been letting on. So maybe that has a lot to do with the two. Yeah, we've had a lot of kind of war dog in a standoffish role, if that makes sense. He seems like he's always been in there and he's in with the tribe. But even this episode... He's like, War Dog needs to go have War Dog thinking time. Then I'll be back and tell you what I'm doing. And, uh, and like, I didn't know that he was actually close with Lauren and Kelly. I just thought that he was kind of like, well, I'm in with you guys because I'm convinced that I'm going to stay Manu strong or now um, Lesu strong. And that's it. So, honestly, I thought he was going to be the one on the outs. But when it came down to... Devins and Lauren, I was really shocked because like you said, Lauren showed up at challenges. She was the only one that could climb the wall and help kind of hoist people up. Devins obviously isn't a physical threat, but like everybody seems to love him. He seems like he's a fun guy to be around. So, you know, they're trying to stay strong and win challenges. I don't know if David is more beneficial than Devins in that, but I, I was very shocked that they did go with Devins and they didn't go with something like Kelly. I thought War Dog would be more interested in jumping with David and Devins than he was with Lauren and Kelly. Well, I, 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 I understand why War Dog is doing what he's doing. And I mean, well, he's even said it that he feels like Kelly can be a shield for him. And I was in the same predicament with Christian. You know, I felt like Christian would be a shield for me, and I really wanted to keep him there. So I understand why Wardog is doing it, but you know he could have at least went for Dave. I mean, David. <laughs> you didn't even do that, but uh, I, I don't know. Maybe he. Yeah, the theory I saw on the internet today was something along the lines of, if we keep the returners around when the merge happens, that will make the oh, other returners know. trust us more. Oh, like, okay. that they won't think we're trying we're out to get them or something but <laughs> but at that point what are you doing because then it's like you're yeah. gonna have all four returners still around and then it, i don't like that i like i can't even imagine how weird it must be to play with a season of returners because like you watch war dog talking to kelly in this episode and you could just see how seasoned she is at the game in the way she talks to him where she just comes up and she's like hey what are you thinking uh what, what what's going on with you and like she, from what they've shown us, she's just an expert at like never saying exactly what she wants, but subtly leading people to where she wants them to go. And she also made the observation of like War Dog appears to be playing this. And I still four weeks in, I still feel so ridiculous every time I say that. <laughs> like <laughs> he seems to be playing this like he's playing poker, and yeah. he hasn't shown his cards yet. And I, I'm curious what that's going to look like when he finally does. Mm-hmm. yeah he's playing a lot of things uh close to the chest and not showing us what he feels which is uh, probably contributing to my confusion of not really knowing where he yeah, felt he's not even really telling thought. confessional how he feels <laughs> no he's sitting there saying well i got these two options and uh <laughs> i'm gonna go think about it so it's it's funny to see him try to hold on to that as long as he has and not say okay i'm with Lauren and with Kelly. I'm going to well, be see, number three. That's the thing. I, I think his loyalties are clearer than we're led to believe because I think yeah. Lauren's a smart player and Kelly is her closest ally. And those are two good players. And Lauren had this immunity idol, which I was worried that was go- it was going to be stuck on the other beach where she buried it. But fortunately, she still had it. And the fact that she didn't play it made me pretty confident that they were tight with War Dog, that they were like, oh, he's going to vote Devins and and you're good, you know? That's a fair point. I was definitely worried when she didn't play it, but I, I guess, like, to what you're saying, um, I fell victim to the edit, which I like to do sometimes. It really gets me into the episode and just enjoy the energy of what's going on out That's there. That's awesome. That's the way it should be watched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's funny. I, I guess this is our a good 
time to mention this because when we were watching the edit last season, I remember with one or two episodes left, we were kind of like, dude, I think Davey's getting the, the winner, the winner's edit. Like, <laughs> like he's getting all this, this time where God's literally like doing things while he's trying to make decisions. And, uh, yeah, and, I appreciated that. <laughs> and it's, it just seems like it's set up for like him versus Nick for sure. And then you got taken out much earlier than we would have liked, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe you'll be back one day. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully, man. We'll see. <laughs> it's just, it is always funny to me how everyone who goes on the show is always like, and you see a little bit of this in this episode with Lauren. They're like, this is terrible. I'm cold and I'm wet and I'm hungry. And, and then you go home and you're like, would you go back? You're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely 100 percent everybody <laughs> i don't know so rick goes home do you guys think that was the right move overall when it comes down to it i think that it's not a bad decision i think it should have been him or one of the two returners if they want a shot at winning an immunity challenge honestly if they want a shot at winning immunity challenge i think it had to be david or rick but they've already talked about kelly's had her shot two other times david had his shot so let's step up and take control of this game but like you said so far this season we're just getting to meet the new players as they relate to the old people like not as they are their own characters and i wish that they would have maybe taken taken the reins and said okay kelly you've played a lot and you're actually too good at this so we're scared it's time for you to go home (laughs) yeah yeah i yeah i would appreciate that too you know um i do think it was the wrong move not only because i know rick personally and i'm rooting for him he lives here in georgia too (laughs) but you know that's the thing these players have played three out of the four players have played three times now i mean if anything i would say yeah Let's get Kelly out. Give Dave, give David another shot since he's this is only his second shot. Or even say get David out because he's is his second shot. Like, mm. and also for my own selfish reasons, I'm ready to see a returnee at the edge of extinction. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that reaction. <laughs> yeah. What do you yeah. make of this thinking that? Edge of Extinction is basically just a backstop so that they don't lose the returners. <laughs> uh, I wish I had that opportunity. <laughs> um, but yeah, it 100% is an opportunity not to lose the returners. I mean, they've done it past seasons, which which we've seen. I can't name the seasons off the top. but Yeah, yeah. Like the Redemption Island or whatever. Yeah. As a player in the game... I would have liked to see it, um, but as a viewer watching it, uh, I, I don't care for it too much. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, because I've given my opinion on this, and this is sort of a loaded question, but yeah. do you think Extinction Island is Survivor, or do you think it's just a different show entirely? Uh, I think it's Survivor, um, because... You know, each no season is the same, and there's elements of each season that are different. So yeah, it's definitely Survivor. Um, <laughs> I just but... like I, ha- I guess I have this feeling that like removing something as important as the actual vote out, and I, I know like you said they've done something similar before, but where like literally every single person can choose not to go home feels like it just feels like a different show to me, and I'm not sure it's a show I dislike. It, I, it's just like strange. Yeah, it's hard to get used to, but who knows? <laughs> Maybe your favorite player gets six cent, and you know we get them back, and you'll well, like it. Then. And I, I do like definitely that we get to know people more. Like we yeah. were talking about Reem, and you know typically she'd be long gone by now, but now we have this like she's become like a meme of sorts. So like I'll take <laughs> it, you know. <laughs> oh man, yeah, oh. she was not happy to see Rick either. <laughs> Reem the meme. I didn't even realize that rhymed. Reem the meme. All right. So I think that about covers everything that happened in this episode. Is there anything else you guys wanted to make sure we mentioned before we get to our last feature on the show? Whoever came up with the idea during the challenge that 
everyone needs to stand on each other's shoulders. <laughs> that was impressive. Okay. <laughs> I was impressed with that. I can't remember who did that. I I loved Jeff during that challenge screaming out, This is what you do on Survivor. And I was like, This is what you do on Survivor? You make human ladders? <laughs> yeah, you can just see him getting a hard on, like, oh my god, this is great. <laughs> uh I didn't write I did write some notes, but it looks like to cover everything, I just really wanted to hammer in on the Julia situation. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. So, the last thing we always do on this show, Ty, did you tell him about this already? I don't even know. This is surprise. You know, I don't remember if I did tell him about this. Bad, bad co-host. All right, well, well, we'll give him some time to catch up. The last thing we do on our show is power rankings. We like to pick our three favorite people from every week and rank them one, two, and three. So, we'll let Davey kind of do it on the fly here as we delay for him ty who is your number three player in week four number three this week i uh i have to keep giving it to joe because he's such a strong competitor and he's not in danger so we haven't again we don't get to see much strategy from joe but if he just keeps winning immunity challenges like we're not gonna have to see anything so i'm gonna give him number three all right i'm gonna say for number three i'm putting lauren because it's a really we talked about this on the last episode it's it's challenging coming up with a top three when we keep only seeing the tribe dynamics of the same group of people because Mm -hmm. you're in the situation where like everyone else is probably in better shape but we know the most about these people so for this week i'm just gonna put lauren number three and say out of that group she has an immunity idol i think she's a really good player she has Kelly as a shield, War Dogs with her. I, I trust that she can make something happen in this game, but I'm not comfortable putting her any higher than three at this point. Yeah, I would, I I I would um, go with Julia. Excuse me, I'd go with Lauren for uh, three as well. Um, just because, yeah, she's got that idol still. Uh, she has a, a strong ally in Kelly, and War Dog's also strong, so she's uh, definitely not going to be gunned for out of that alliance first um, if they make it to merge together. Uh, and she's strong in challenges, so yeah, I'd go with Lauren for three. There you go. Uh, by the way, I recommend The Hollywood Reporter did an interview with Aubrey this week. If you're curious about all these original commas we know very little about, she kind of <laughs> broke down each person from... Eric to Gavin to Ron to Victoria to Julie to Julia and you can see her thoughts on all of them there but Ty who is your number two uh number two for me I'm gonna have to say that it's Lauren uh for all the reasons you guys just said (laughs) she's she's in an alliance and she's got an immunity idol I don't think um she's a lead in that alliance which is a safe place to be but if you're in the head of an alliance and not in danger, I think it's a little bit stronger. So I'm going to put her at number two with a little teaser to my number one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, my number two, I'm going to move over to the, let me look at my notes, comma tribe. And I'm going to say Ron goes number two. And again, I, I know so little about so many of these people that I'm trying to read between the lines, but I feel like we saw him find that advantage that he didn't use. And I feel like they didn't show us that for no reason. We saw him play with Joe a little bit, and it just felt... I get, like, a real, like, Brad Culpepper vibe to him. Like, I felt like he was sort of the unspoken leader of the newbies on Kama, and although there's nothing... There's no work for me to show at this point, I feel like he's 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 frightening, and, and we're all just living in the Ron Clark story starring Matthew Perry. <laughs> so... <laughs> he's my number two. Okay. Uh, my number two is actually going to be Aubrey. Um, and I think I might be a little, uh, recently biased to the, uh, next time on Survivor, but, you know, (laughs) it seems like she's going to be able to rally the girls against the guys. She's got an idol in her, uh, miss and she's a returning player that knows the game. So yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, Aubrey for number two. That's a good call, too, but we must pick our number ones now. So, Ty, who do you have number one overall for week four? Oh, number one, and this is going to 
probably blow a lot of people's minds. I'm going to say it's Wendy. War Dog. <laughs> I'm going to say it's War Dog and not Kelly because what we got to see this week was War Dog is at the center of that vote, not Kelly, not Lauren. And I feel like he has Kelly as a shield. He has David as a shield. He still has Aubrey and Joe that he could probably sway anybody to just turn and vote them out at any point. And I think he's in a strong enough position that in that little group of three, Kelly, Wardog, and Lauren, I think he is surprisingly in the best position despite not being the one holding on to an immunity idol. Yeah, and as he said this week in one of his confessionals, it's no longer about the tribe now. It's about War Dog. <laughs> I think we should just cancel our podcast and just make it about War Dog from now on. I'm fascinated in how he, how he became the War Dog. I want to know everything about it. My number one for this week is Joe. And my reason is, from what we've seen about this theme, I think he's going to be on the show till the end because he's probably going to keep winning challenges. And if he gets voted out, he's probably going to survive Extinction Island. And if there's any kind of physical element of battling your way back into the game, I feel pretty good about his chances. So, and, and what I've seen from him socially, I feel like he's improved on things that we didn't get to see in past seasons socially. And uh, obviously he's a blinking target of a threat to, to everyone else, but I feel like he's just the most dangerous now that David has been crippled a little bit, losing his ally. And Joe is my number one for the week. Okay, well, uh, my number one is actually your number two. I'm going to go ahead and give it to Ron. Uh, I feel like same thing, same reason you said. I don't think they showed us that advantage for nothing. I'm pretty sure he still has the papers and the instructions that go with that advantage, even though, you know, it says that it, it's expired. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure he can do something with that. <laughs> he's making a great ally. Well, he's making he's not he's not uh, burning any bridges with anyone. He's doing what you need to do in Survivor where you never say no to an alliance. So he's close with everyone on that uh, comma 2.0. And he's there to play, you know. He 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 uh, distracted Joe at the watering well so that Julia could go through Joe's bag. He was the only one that he was the only new player that stayed on the uh, boat uh, in the beginning of the game at the marooning, um, looking for an advantage. I think I saw him tweet that it was him, David, and Kelly that were the only three still on the boat on, on the boat. So I think that Ron is is there to to play and. He's also from Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, he's got that Atlanta bias. <laughs> if Davey could have, he would have just ranked three people from Atlanta. But alas. <laughs> well, so what do you guys think? Do you think that this miserable tribe is going to turn it around next week? Or are we going to see more of the same? <laughs> I hope. I hope, I hope. I pray to the Survivor guys that they don't lose again. Not only because, you know, because I feel like I know them at Tribal. Like, I don't want to see you exactly. guys at Tribal anymore. I want to see, you know, some other elements of the game. I want to see someone else nervous at Tribal. You know, I, I want to see something different. <laughs> and Aubrey talked about, I think, in the very first or second episode, how it must have been the second, how she doesn't like this Kumbaya Survivor because you don't get to know where anyone really stands. And you don't really know who's on your side until you go to war. So hopefully we get to see that. But... For now, I think that's that's all we got for this week. It's it's so crazy to me that the fourth week of the season, two seasons in a row, we've had guests on at a time where like something like weird and controversial is happening. And I'm I'm glad you were here to like yeah. help help us get through it this time, Davey, because it, it it's just this this keeps happening even in good seasons so hopefully and, and you know what let me commend you guys because uh throughout the season of, my, of our season it seemed like you were you were the only podcast that would make mention of of uh issues like this and i appreciate you guys for being that platform because that was another frustrating thing for me watching the season um i felt like those unconscious biases weren't only in the game weren't only in the show but 
with hearing podcasters as well. So thank you guys. Well, thank you for for saying that. But I I also like this is one of the things one of the reasons we wanted to like step up our podcast is like a lot of the survivor coverage is frustrating and I might as well call people out because they're way bigger than me and it, uh, it doesn't hurt to punch up, I guess. Like yeah. <laughs> you see like Dalton Ross at like uh, people entertainment weekly or wherever he is. And you listen to like these five hour long podcasts that people do that are so boring, but for somehow are the most popular <laughs> podcasts and like, they never talk about stuff that's interesting to me. And I, I hope that it's interesting to other people because to us, like, the fact that it's a, show, a social experiment and the fact that it is a TV show yeah. is just as interesting as talking about the mechanics of the game ex- itself, especially because we're specifically presented a version of the story that they want us to see. So, so yeah, tell your friends. Tell, go, <laughs> everybody go rate and review us so that we can take over the world. That's our, that's our real goal. <laughs> yeah man i'm gonna give you guys some swipe up action on instagram and retweet oh my god with this uh <laughs> we've never i don't know that we've ever had a swipe up person before that's that's <laughs> well we did have libby from ghost island i feel like she probably has swipe up capabilities oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> but uh ty any last words i do so i have to tell a quick story before i get into this question <laughs> I love Survivor, and uh, I tell my friends about Survivor, and I tell them I have a podcast, and uh, I work at a church, and one of the pastors on staff has started watching this season, and I think season 29 or something like that. Because of you? Because of me. So, you know what? We're still growing the Survivor army, which I love. And he has a six-year-old son, and his six-year-old son is now getting into this show, and he had one question. I, we were talking and we said, hey, we're going to have Davey from last season on and it's an opportunity. Do you want to ask him a question? And he goes, yeah, I have a question. So are you ready? Here's the question. <laughs> the mind of a six-year-old. <laughs> Let's get it. Why are all the guys in their underpants? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you, so you guys don't actually know this answer, do you? No, I don't. I've never thought to ask this question. Are you told to be underwear models for 40 days? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's a, it's a two-part answer. The reason they told us while we were out there is because they wanted us to look, quote-unquote, shipwrecked. As if you go down on a plane or <laughs> as if <laughs> you end up shipwrecked on an island and you just decide to take your pants yeah, off. that would be the first thing I would do. <laughs> <laughs> but then after playing and finding out, the actual reason is because of Tyler Perry. You guys know that um, Jeff and Tyler Perry are really close. And sometimes Jeff... Uh, I mean, sometimes Tyler Perry suggests things for the show. And apparently this was Tyler Perry's idea was to keep us in our underwear so that we look shipwrecked. So it's Tyler Perry's fault. <laughs> there you have it. Leave it to. I, I love that Davey just complimented our podcast. And yet a six year old is still asking better questions than us after all the years we've done this. So thank you to what, what's the six year old's name? There you have it. Jean Paul. There's your answer. Jean Paul. <laughs> Nice. There you go. Oh my god. Yeah, I, this is also the closest we've ever been to a super famous person because Davy is friends with Sia, as far as I understand it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, we didn't even talk about uh, Wendy trying to get the Sia award with the with the chickens. <laughs> I did read that. I read that she was trying to get the humanitarian chicken award that way she could get a a nice little cash bonus from Sia at the end of the season. <laughs> Well, I don't know if that works anymore because I killed an octopus on camera. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, before we go, let's uh, just plug things. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so what I was actually going to do is give my mother a shout out because I oh, know she's best listening. Plug. <laughs> <laughs> so hi, mom. Also hi, hi Aunt mom. Margie and hi Aunt Shirley. Those are her sisters. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad. <laughs> I said. I said I said curse words in this episode, and now I know there's aunts and mothers listening. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. So hi to them. Um, but most the I'm not most importantly, but follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, mom. I shout out you, my mother. And- <laughs> I love you, mom. You birthed me and raised me. But most importantly, let me plug my Instagram. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, guys, follow me on Instagram at I am Davey. There, there's a lot of charity events coming up this summer and, you know, trying to raise money for that. So if you follow my Instagram, you'll get all the information on that in my stories. I won't go too deep into it. But Instagram, I am Davey. Twitter, I tweet Davey. And thank you guys for having me. He's got a good Instagram. I remember following you at your like survivor watch parties, you're posting Instagram stories. I'm just like, man, what a what a world. <laughs> you just have like these insane like frat parties for like survivor watches. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna reach out to Ron and Rick and try to get one for next week, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there you have it. Uh Ty, you gave your last word, but anything you wanna say? Just that I love Survivor. It hurts when they don't give people just edits so survivors step up your game i'll call you out i mean it might kill my chances of ever being on the show but i'll call you out fix well. your show <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a double-edged sword because on one hand if the producers are listening then that's awesome on the other hand then you're right you probably won't ever be on the show <laughs> 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 but either way you're influencing survivors so until next time just remember your mind is your best friend but it's also your worst enemy Goodbye. <laughs> See ya. On the island. On the island. 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 You wanna be a survivor if you wanna hit it here on the island. You gotta talk about the show if you wanna live here on the island. Are you gonna survive when you're gonna be a living alive on the island? And you're living a survivor on the island. I'm not good at making these things up. As well. <laughs> that is, uh, again. <laughs>